Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Nate Maxim, your host, here with you. And this is going to be one of our random shows. It's a, I like to call it Freeform, whatever you want to call it, where uh, I have just put the link for the guys to join me in the studio whenever they can, if they want to, if they can. Whether one person shows up or nobody shows up, we'll have a show of some sort here. Just discussing wrestling for a little bit. This is episode 188, or the 198, I'm sorry, of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And um, it is, oh, we're getting closer and closer to episode 200. I'm very excited about that. Got some things in the works for that. Just want to remind you all, if you listen to Reliving the Extreme, you can go to relivingtheextreme.com. Or I'm sorry, you can go to patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme, um, where we have some plans for that podcast that you can join to hear unedited episodes of that show. I know that's our most popular show here on the Wrestling Night Radio Podcast Network, so that's why that's the one I wanted to start with on Patreon. Um, oh, here we go. I got my first, my first, my first guest. Fucking working. Might be the only guest. Yeah, it's fucking working. Well, when I was at work, my computer was like, "Are updated," and like everything's different now. <laughs> well, Aaron's I, here. Aaron's here. Didn't even ask permission. <laughs> so you've been violated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shit. How's it going? Well, it's raining out, so I can't sit outside. My computer's different. It's okay. So it's, it's 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 all bad. Everything's bad. We have I uh, like change. And I like to smoke. The uh, the listeners. I was just letting the listeners know that we appreciate their support here at the Wrestling yeah. Radio Podcast Network. Yeah, I do. We do. Thanks. If, if <laughs> thanks, thanks guys, like Tony Khan, thanks guys. Um, if uh, if nobody else joins us, that's fine too. Uh, like I said, this is just one of our our random. Well, it's my fault. No, well, you had work shit going on. We were supposed to be reviewing uh, ECW November to remember nineteen ninety eight on this episode of the show, but I did not get a chance to sit down and watch the show. So I will definitely do that sometime in the next week. So next week we can do the ECW November to remember 1998 episode. But actually, before we get started, a couple of things um, just to, as we're recording today, Darren Drostoff passed away. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, I mean, kind of a reflection on Draws and his career overall i mean i know it was cut short and that's that's the big thing about it because he's one of those what if guys you know what what would his career have been like had he not had that injury because he was decent he was a good hand you know yeah and he would have been how do i say it okay i'm not gonna put him in the same like category of these guys but he could have wound up that way he didn't have a career he was the guy that didn't have a wrestling career before he got to the wwf you know what I mean? Like he wasn't like an indie guy or anything like that that I know of. He was football, and I think he did some like reality shit or whatever. And then so, of course, 
And then of course the, you know, he's, he's remembered by being the guy that with Vince or Vince, it's good. He's gonna, he's gonna, yeah. In the Beyond the Mat movie. So, I mean, if he did have a little bit of a career, like before the WWE, it wasn't much anything. So he was, uh, he was the guy learning in that system. So I think he could have wound up being, uh, he could end up being something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and he's one of those guys that he probably he was probably never going to be you know main eventing WrestleMania. No, but but he's definitely he definitely would have. I th- I think he would have he would have. I don't think he would have been one of those guys that washed out. You know, I think he would have okay. continued into the early two thousands and that era. And he would have been all right in that company too, because from everything I had, everything I've heard. And it's not even guys saying it because he got hurt or whatever. He was a likable guy, you know. Yeah, and he got along with everybody. And and in that in that company, even that's like a, people don't realize it. Like they think, oh, they just churn and burn people there. They don't care. There's guys that have been in that company for a very very long time that the company just kept around because it's like he's just a nice guy, you know. It's like he's, well, he's in the locker room. That's what I was going to say. He's also like, um, he is classy. I, that's the word. Like the way that he handled the whole situation with, with, with draws or with D'Lo, you know, he, he's, he was so classy about it. You know, D'Lo was obviously very sorry about what he did and draws never made it. He said draws never made him feel bad about it. Draws never yeah. made him feel responsible for it. Yeah. Um, he did have a brief, I was just, like you said, I don't know a lot about his early career, you know, mm-hmm. but he did have a, he did briefly com- compete on the independent scene for a very, very short period of time. I, 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 I knew that he was in like their developmental, but I didn't I didn't know that he was uh that yeah, he it actually... was a very, very brief time on the Indies. Okay. Um but also um and I don't want to be like a negative guy on it, but uh, a lot of times people that have what happened happen to him wind up in that condition they i mean he i don't want to say it he had a he had a good lifespan you know what i mean like a, a lot of times that takes people quickly you know yeah yeah like yeah, probably and it's it's probably probably because he was a positive person you know a lot of people would have gone into depression or whatever because of a situation like that yeah like i said like like they like some people that have that happen to them. They just become in that. They're like, I'm immobile. I'm immobile. You know what I mean? And I'll just sit in my room and everything goes bad. But everything I heard, like, like he had fucking like all terrain wheelchairs made for him and shit. So he could still go out and roll around. I mean, obviously he wasn't hunting or whatever, but he could still go roll around out in the woods and do his mm-hmm. thing. And, and yeah. And the brief time he was there, I always found him entertaining. He wasn't always in the best stories, but no, and that's what I was gonna say. I was actually gonna say that he got 
he was entertaining and again he was he was a decent worker especially especially in the attitude era because i mean in the attitude era unless you were austin the rock or foley or something you never got a chance to go more than 10 minutes anyway so even if he had any holes in his game you'd have never seen him <laughs> yeah and it would have been it, that's that's the other thing and like i said i don't like knocking on guy knocking on I don't want to say like over knocking people that get knocked all the time. It would have been interesting to see what his career would have been out of not being booked by Vince Russo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I think his entire career, basically his entire run Russo was writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, Oh, he's dark draw. He's the drug dealer. Now he's, like puking on Pete, like first he's puking on people. Now he's a drug dealer. Now he's this guy. Now he's that guy. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if all that would have been kind of, kind of scraped away. And he's just Darren draws off. And like I think he would have. I think he would have had a. Uh, and this isn't a knock on this guy either. Because I think he would have had a. I think he would have like a test career. Hmm. Like he's never gonna be the world champ, but he probably been like intercontinental champ or European. He might even held those belts. I don't know. I don't know. Did he ever even hold a belt? Mm, I don't think so. All right. But I think he would have not that I recall. But they hot potatoed those fucking mid card titles so much back then. Yeah. He might have. He could have been. He might have been European champion from like a heat to a raw or something. I have no. I can't remember. But I think he would have been. I think he would have had like a Andrew Martin type career mm-hmm. where he would have just consistently been there, but not been like, you know, the main event. I think. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard or not, but the, uh, the dude, Alan Arkin, the dude that played the grandpa on little miss sunshine died today. Yeah. I hadn't heard that he'd I hadn't heard that, but I mean, yeah, he did more than that. <laughs> I know, but that's just to, I know he did, but that to me that's just like it's one of my favorite movies. So when I saw when I saw it when I saw his picture, I was like, oh, the grandpa from Little Miss Sunshine died. Yeah, he, was a, he was a funny dude, good comedic actor. I don't I mean I don't know a whole lot about him, but he was in that same era as like, um, like Newhart and Brooks and all those mm-hmm. guys. He was in that he was in that crew with those the original like Friars Club guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was at where it was like legitimate like how do I want to say like cameras weren't always there and this that and the thing. But yeah. So while we're son's a talented guy too. Yes. Yes. He was uh he's he's Adam Markin is always good. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying Alan wasn't. I've seen more. I guess I've seen more Adam Arkin stuff than I see, have actually yeah, I mean, seen American stuff. But it, it was 50s and 60s type comedy. Like, that's not something that we watch all the time. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like Lenny uh, Bruce and shit like that. Obviously, the, the role that I... When I see Adam Arkin, the first guy I think of is the psychologist on or the psychiatrist on the West Wing. But that's just because I've watched the West. I the two show the two TV shows 
I, other well, other than Star the Star Wars stuff that I watch, or any any of the science fiction shit that I watch, like Star Trek or Star Wars, the two shows that I've watched from beginning to end the most times is probably The Sopranos on the West Wing. So if somebody's in one of those, that's the instant person that I think of them being. Oh yeah, I mean I I agree, and like I said, it's just you know more about him just because it's more stuff that you watched. You know what I mean? Right. It's like with wrestling, it's like. Oh yeah, I know about Bruno San Martino, but I don't know everything about Bruno San Martino. But I know everything about Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. But Adam Arkin, it's like, uh, I just like I said, I think he's he's done everything, and he can do whatever you want him to do. Like like he's been on sitcoms, like you said, he did like West Wing. He played like a, the leader of a white supremacist group in on Sons of Anarchy. It's like when he popped up, I'm like, "What? Adam Arkin's here? <laughs> He's a scumbag!" You know what I mean? He's not even a nice guy. A yeah. Like usually he's like a nice guy or whatever in the movie, he's like easygoing guy or whatever. But in this one, he's like, "Oh my god, he's a white supremacist, <laughs> playing a prick." <laughs> This murderous biker group is just like you're too much, man. <laughs> so before we go to something that I last good angle on that show too, I watched uh, that show. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I've never watched it in my life. I watched it, and there it's it, there's a lot of far fetched shit in it. You got to be really outside of the box with it. But after that white supremacist shit, I was like, all right, this show is jumping the shark <laughs> like there's way too much <laughs> like the bikers will have like a shootout with like the the highway patrol you know like and like shoot the cops off the road and the cops don't die or whatever but there's cars crash and then they're just like looking at the bikers like ah oh. you know and they're upset about it but then there's never any raid or anything on the bikers no the fact that they shot the cops off the road <laughs> there's, and there's no repercussions yeah it's like it's not like you didn't know who who they were. It says Sam Crow on their backs. <laughs> like it's like that's not how police stuff works. Like you don't just shoot the cop off the road and he's like foiled again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got away. It's like it's, it's not how shit works. What is this? The nineteen sixties Batman series? <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. So stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like I tried so hard. The show is so dumb. I don't even know biker guys are like that fucking show is stupid. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've I've never watched it. I don't I don't know. I just from what I saw, it didn't appeal to me, so I just never even gave it a chance. To be honest, I tried to give it a chance because the guy that made the shield made it, and I really like the shield. Mm -hmm. Like that's some of the shields, like kind of like over the top but it's like these guys are at least cops you know what i mean like there's dirty cops that can hide shit you know what i mean mm -hmm. and the, i don't know you want to talk about wrestling but I'll, I'll no no it. it's no then actually the next thing i was gonna i have a thing here that i want to do for wrestling okay. that can be the last thing we do but no i was gonna ask you if you still had your um underrated 80s movies list maybe we can do that because we didn't do that the last time yeah, I just got to grab my phone, but did you ever watch The Shield? Yes. The funniest part is, like, towards the, like, you know, he kills the guy right at the beginning of it, right? First episode, he murders this guy because he thinks he's a, 
a mole or whatever. Right. Goes through the whole thing and then gets to the end of the move, end of the show. And it's like, oh, you get immunity if you anything you anything you like, you know, admit to, and then you say you'll testify in court to you get immunity for. And then he right away admits to killing that cop. So then they're like, ah, shit, you know, like so he's he's he got away with it. So then they make him ride a desk, and then he just decides. I'm not like he's sitting at that desk and he just decides I'm not going to do this. And he gets up and then they play like a, a, a like a, like a montage, re, like retrospective of the show to like some, it's, it's actually upbeat music of all these horrible things that happened on the shield. I'm like, I don't know if that was intentionally funny, <laughs> but it's like, it's like family matters ended. So they're just going to show us all the great things that happened. It's like, they've done horrible things for like six years. But yeah, I can grab that list. That's well, you grab your list. I'm going to go pee folks. We're going to behind the scenes. We're going to take a little, uh, like a 13 second break, but we'll be right back. I'll be right back. Aaron. Okay. And we are back from our little break that nobody else had to listen to other than us. But before we go on to this thing, you, you talk about the music thing with the, you know, you talk about the happy music, but the, another one of those that cracks me up is actually the West wing. Cause it's that, the, 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 the ending music of every episode of the West wing when they're playing the credits, cause you'll have like some serious thing where Mrs. Landingham died. And then it's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just died, right? Like the only time they don't do that is when, like, um, I think the only episode they don't do that is when uh, the sh the shooting happens, like the assassination yeah. attempt. Yeah. On Charlie. Yeah, I think they just do. They just do like they they fade to black, but you can still hear the sirens and stuff or whatever on that one, and they they have the credits, but. Yeah, they'll have like some serious thing happen at the end of the show, and then they always end with that happy, <laughs> that <Yeah>. happy music. <laughs> I think they even did that on the nine eleven episode. Probably. <laughs> All right, so the concept that Aaron had come up with a couple of weeks ago, but we wound up going long enough with our show that it didn't. Uh, it was actually the one where we talked about where we talked about the Superstars ninety five episode, but. Um, it's just in case we went really short on time and only got like 20 minutes out of that. We had Aaron had a idea to discuss some what we think are underrated 80s movies. Now, some of mine on here might not be underrated. They just I I perceive that people underrate them because I don't hear them talk about them a lot. You might be like, nobody underrates that movie. That's how I look but, at underrated. But um what do you got? Um I have four listed here. I have five. And they're mainly comedies, but there's one uh, documentary. Um, first one I'll go with is uh, True Stories. I like the David yes. Byrne movie. Yes. That, that's fantastic. Isn't no John Goodman in that? John Goodman is absolutely in that. Yes. He's the main yes. character. And um, it's weird. It's like the town that, that, that he's in. It's like it's like Twin Peaks without like the murder. You know, it's just like <laughs> this weird group of people and 
the lady that won't get out of her bed until she sees Goodman at the end singing people like us. And, it, and like, there's parts where David Burns like driving his car, but he's got like his big cowboy hat on and stuff, but his steering wheels like bouncing up and down. It's just like, it, it's, it, it's amazing. And that dude, that dude's so fucking witty and, and funny and talented and like a lot of times you'll watch weird shit and you're like, ah, this is somebody just being weird to be weird. You know what I mean? Like there's no Tough. substance to it. Yeah. Being like, weird to be weird. Waters, like he's just weird to be weird. Yeah. You know that, I, mean? I feel, I feel that way about, I know you don't watch, you don't watch, um, you don't watch horror movies like I do, but I feel that way about, about some, some things in the horror genre too. Like Rob Zombie's movies. They're just violent. To be violent. Yes. They're, they're grotesque to be grotesque. And sometimes grotesque can work. Like the first hostile movie, it works because this shit really happens to people. Like they go to Europe and they get lured into some fucking crazy ass, <laughs> you know, never follow a pretty girl anywhere in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Holland. Yeah, especially if you're average looking. She doesn't want to yeah. fuck you. <laughs> She's selling you so that you're they can harvest your body parts. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I know what you're saying about people that just do shit just to be weird. Yeah, but that one, it's like, it tells a cool story. And and he's funny in the fact that, like, he was in that movie. Like, it, it's just a, it's a weird movie. And these people seem weird and stuff. But he's just, like, accentuating, like, the real things about people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's kind of like how we talk about, um, like, when we talk about King of the Hill. Like all those characters are on there and everything, and they're 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 wacky, but they're just real people that Mike Judge knew just turned up, like wrestling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, is is every guy you've is every guy like like Bill Toad Bill Dotrieve? Everybody knows a Bill Dotrieve. Is he as crazy as Bill Dotrieve? No. But when you see Bill Dotrieve, you're like, oh, I know a guy. I know like two guys like that. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. Like, I know. Two, I know. Dale. I know two Dale Gribbles. Yeah, I know like 15 Hank Hills. <laughs> I deal with them like every day at work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how True Stories is. And and if you guys have never seen it, you got to watch it. And it's it's got great music in it too. Obviously, because mm -hmm. talking heads. And, um, and, oh, go ahead. No. I was just going to say, if, I didn't know if you were doing yours, then I was doing mine or bouncing back and forth or whatever. I can bounce back and forth. I was going to say another one that I would recommend somebody check out if they haven't seen is The Burbs. The Burbs is great. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Um, it's funny and quirky and, it's when Tom Hanks used to have fun making movies. Like he had a run there in the eighties where he was just, I'm going to have fun. You know what I mean? I'm not going to take myself too serious. And it, it, it's a, it's a, it, it's, it's great. And, um, the Clopex, <laughs> the Clopex is strange neighbors. And, uh, the, uh, an actor that I really like that's in that movie that people don't talk about. That's a, fantastic actor is bruce dern yeah and I, I i don't know why people don't talk about him as much but he just i don't know if it's just because he didn't always 
I don't know if he just is because he didn't go for like the blockbusters or if he was more of a character actor or what. Like, but yeah. Essentially, if you've never seen the movie, if you've ever had people move in next door to you or across the street or whatever, and they're fucking weird, this is that to the to the nth degree. You know, like yes. the weird. This this is the weird neighbors to the nth degree. These people named the Clopex move into the neighborhood, <laughs> and they're weird. And 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 I'm not gonna spoil anything with the movie for anybody, but it's a uh, it's good shit. It's it's like a comedy mystery. Weird, kind of. Yes, like a dark, dark comedy mystery movie. Doesn't doesn't Bruce Dern tackle the the redhead kid in the mud or something like that? Yes. <laughs> you remember who was his fat friend or Bruce Dern that attacks him in the mud? I think it's and Bruce Dern. Yeah, everybody thinks the cloak like the cops are gonna let him go, and they're fucking their trunks like full of skulls and shit. Turns out they are creepy. <laughs> Corey Feldman's in it. It's like what's going on? It's a good movie. Like, yeah, he had a good run like that and like Joe versus the volcano and just all kinds of big, big money pit, money pit. Yeah, he had a good run. Money pit's fucking great. Yeah. All right. Ready for I like, the next the, one, one, of the th- one of the things I like about money pit is how as time goes on, Tom Hanks and and uh, and and uh, what's her name? Shelly. Uh, Shelly Long. Shelly Long. I almost said Shelly Winters. Shelly Long. Um, they. Uh, it's funny how as t- as the as the time goes on with the renovation of that house, they get and used shit, to it. Yeah, like they're just like the construction workers, just they're in the house eating breakfast. <laughs> it's just that's part that's their life. <laughs> but anyway, we weren't talking about the money pit, but that's another great eighties movie. So it is. Um. The next one is going to be one that you're probably going to tell me. I don't think it's overrated, but I think or underrated, but I think it is because it's it's so much smarter than everything else that average people don't talk about it. And it's Raising Arizona. Oh, Raising Arizona is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Um, and I agree with you, though, like. Um, but my wife. My wife, everybody, like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, one one night, like, probably when we, like, I don't know, maybe six months into when we were dating or whatever, I get out my DVDs. I'm like, oh, I haven't watched Raising Arizona in a while. Let's watch Raising Arizona. And she's like, what the hell is Raising Arizona? I was like, you don't know fucking Raising Arizona? Yeah, like, I saw a, <laughs> just a throwaway list. And I, I don't try to put but too much honey. in I, I don't try I don't try to put too much in the lists that people make on websites because mm-hmm. you're like, whatever. But like, it was like this list of like eight, I was just bored. So I'm like, I want to watch, I'm going to look up some lists or whatever. And it was like 180s comedies and raising Arizona was like 95. I'm like, really? Ooh, really? <laughs> 95. You fucking kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> It was like when it was like when Rolling Stone put out the like um, fifty greatest hip hop artists of all time, and they had like two chains over Ice Cube. And like yeah, Dr. Right? Dr. Dre was like like twenty seven. It's like what is fuck is going on? But raising your anyway. raising Arizona is great in a number of ways. Number one, I mean the writing's fantastic. Number two. 
good, bad, or indifferent, there's not a bad character on the show or on the movie. Even yeah. even even Mr. Arizona's wife, even though she doesn't even do much but sit in that chair and read the and like knit or read the paper or whatever, just even her little interactions with him are great. Like from, from the top character, which is Nicolas Cage and Helen Hunter, right? That's her name, Helen Hunter. I'm bad with names. Yeah, you're right. Like I see their face and I'm like, I know what movie I know ten movies that person was yeah. in, but then I'm but anyway. Holly Hunter, but go ahead. Holly Hunter, yes. Um, she's so fucking good in that movie. But anyway, from those two who are the main event characters down to the the fucking oh man, the gas station guy. Yeah. That they make lay on his belly and <laughs> yeah. son, you got a panty on your head. That no guy. no no. No, I'm yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, like he has like one line. He's like, "Son, you got a panty on your head." <laughs> but that one guy's great because he's like one one thousand, and then he's like twenty one thousand. Bullshit! He stands oh. up, and John Goodman and the other dude are on their way back, and he's like, "Oh fuck, they weren't kidding." Because <laughs> <laughs> they forgot the baby or whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, the the supermarket scene, like everybody talks about, like everybody loves, like that's the scene that people that like, oh, that's the scene everybody remembers from that movie. But it's like mm-hmm. there's so much other good shit in that fucking movie. Yeah, great. It's obnoxious boss. Like I don't know that guy's name, but he was like in everything in the '80s. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's a great film. It, like when him and when, when John Goodman and and the other dude are like coming up out of the ground when they escaped. President uh, covered in mud and shit. It's fucking great. And they climb back in the hole. They're like, we gotta, we gotta go back. Like they escape back into prison. It's funny. Yes, but definitely raising Arizona. If you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, the next one I'll bring up, and actually, I guess I won't say it's underrated anymore because now, now. And Aaron knows, Aaron knows when I say what I'm going to say, that there are a lot more people now with his resurgence that claim to be fans of this guy. But he was the stuff of us geeks back in the day. And the movie I'm referring to is UHF with Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm glad, I'm glad, because Aaron knows I have been a Weird Al dude since I'm five years old. Weird Al's been my shit. But until recently, I don't think he ever got his love. That, you know, now it's like a it's like a thing where it's like a resurgence or whatever. But yeah. if you haven't seen UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie, who wants to do the fire hose? Michael Richards <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, and the weird alien thing at the end. And yes. Like, and yeah. the commercial. The, 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 the gist of the story is Weird Al gets to take over a UHF station in, in, in the 80s. And just all this crazy programming, and they have fake commercials. The best one ever, Spatula City, which um, I, I mean, Gandhi re- the Gandhi two commercial is great, but Spatula City is yeah. my favorite. I don't remember what what city. I, I think it was obviously. I think it was in California, but they built for the movie. They built a Spatula City billboard, and I think they in the last five or six years tore it down but like it just got left up (laughs) 
so like people like geeks would go and be like, oh, I'm gonna go get my picture with the billboard spatula city. Like it was just up, and they just never took it down, which I thought was great. But yeah, it's it, that that's a great movie, and um, it just like like you said, it, if you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice not watching it. And and now there's actually I don't know if you know this or not, but there's actually even like. There's what? Sorry. You can like you can buy Spatula City merchandise now. I'm sure. I'm sure. That dude like, he's and, and I this isn't about the movie, but I'm sure in the music business people will admit it. But I don't think outside of like people that aren't in the music business don't understand how talented of a fucking musician. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. He can do literally any kind anything, of music. Yeah, anything. And think about think about the 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 intelligence and brilliance it takes to come up with with that amount of like parodies, you know? I mean, for instance, my, what I always tell people when I'm talking about Weird Al when I'm talking about the genius, do you know what to me is the one song? And it's not my favorite Weird Al song. Actually, my favorite Weird Al song isn't even a parody. My favorite Weird Al song is the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. But do you know what song shows his absolute, to me, brilliance? What's that? Beverly Hillbillies. Because he listened to that Dire Straits song and figured out in his brain that the theme from the Beverly Hillbillies, literally the theme from the Beverly Hillbillies could be sang to money for nothing. Yeah. And that's fucking genius. It's funny as shit, but it's also fucking genius. My favorite non parody song is, uh, uh, nature trail hell in 3d. (laughs) And the night Santa went crazy. Yeah, that's great too. But man, my two favorite non-parodies are our biggest ball twine in Minnesota and Albuquerque. But yeah. and do you know what my favorite Weird Al song is of all time? Which one? Ryer the Kaiser. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I like the uh I like the George Harrison parody. The song is just six words long. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I love Ryer the Kaiser. Yeah, that's a good like, one. Like my favorite line is he's nip, but he's no bum. He works down the street. He runs <laughs> he a neighborhood. <laughs> Back on his feet. Now he's chopping up meat. <laughs> uh, and I know he's a uh, um how do I say like you know. I don't want to say like I I don't know Weird Al, you know, but I know that like he was he's not like a drinker. He doesn't mm-hmm. like you know. I I know he doesn't. I think he I think he was like a I don't think he was a, like a vegan, but I think he's a vegetarian and all that shit. There's no way he didn't he didn't smoke the ganja. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> because it's only a minute long for those listeners that have never heard it. Let's just do Spatula City really quick, and then we'll go to your next movie. But. Where's the spatula? Okay, kids, <laughs> let's go. 
there's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? <laughs> Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenblum, president of Spatula City. I like their spatulas so much, I bought the company. Spatula City! Seven locations! We're in the yellow pages under spatulas! My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas. Spatula City, we sell spatulas. And that's all! <laughs> It's such a so fucking good. It's so funny. Anyway. Name brand spatulas. <laughs> All right. What's your what's your next movie? Um and it is in my top five favorite movies of all time. And I had to look it up because I was like, I want to make sure this is technically an 80s movie. Because it's in that brief period, like every generation, like every decade that rolls into the new decade, the style still hangs on a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, man, I got to make sure this happened in the eighties. Um, and because when you watch the movie, you're like, Oh, this is out of the seventies, but it, it, it was released in the eighties. It's used cars. Kurt Russell. It's yes. fucking great. And it's you know, like, I'll, it, it, uh, it's legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and I know that. And it, it's definitely, and I'm in no way, shape, or form putting down the movie. I think, but it's definitely a movie that you like a lot more than I do. But I know, I know how much you love that film. That fucking movie is insane from beginning to end. Uh, like when. Uh, when the when the owner dies and 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 Marty Marty comes in there and like trips over and he's like Jesus Christ <laughs> Jesus Christ because he's got all the fucking like stip like like superstitions and all that shit like from beginning to end that fucking movie's great and that's too fucking high and like he's blowing up the cars and shit ah. It's raunchy. It's funny. It, it's just, it's, it's great. And it was like one of the first movies I watched as a kid, like when I stumbled upon it, that I was like, I don't like, it was like, I'm getting away with something watching this movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I, but I think if my parents would have found me watching, they'd be like, oh, he's watching used cars. But to me, I'm like, I'm getting away. Why? I'm getting away with watching this. I'm getting away with something. It was like the first time I saw a Kentucky Fried movie. It's like, I shouldn't be watching. Like, this is, this is like finding porn. Like, I, didn't, I shouldn't yeah, be or, watching. Or like, the, yeah, I was going to say, or like the first time you're up late, mom's asleep, and you're watching Dream On on HBO. Yeah, or the because, Larry your show because, yeah else. well dream on more because literally dream on was like 75 percent of the show was about sex yeah. <laughs> martin tupper <laughs> yeah just i think used cars 
is a is a a fantastic fucking movie. I don't think enough people talk about it. And it was the it was his first. Um, it was like as long as everything I read about it, everything was right. It was his. It was it was his first like non like Disney type movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because it was. It was before Overboard. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's a fucking kid in that movie. Like like he's a he's an adult, but he's a fucking kid in that movie. But just everybody, like you said about um, raising Arizona, like everybody does a great job in that fucking movie, and it, it's it's just really fucking good. Next for me, Clue. Oh, Clue's great. It should have been, though. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go home and make love to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) You did say Clue, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a fucking movie about a board game. Like, this shouldn't be good. Like, this shouldn't be a funny movie, but it is. But then, then, for those of you listening, listen to this. This is a movie with Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Mole. How are you going to go wrong with this fucking yeah. cast? Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying like like if you told me, oh, like if you walked into me, like if you walked into my, if I'm a movie producer or whatever, you're like, oh, I wrote a movie. Yeah, what's it based on? Clue. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? But it's like yes. it's, it's a great fucking movie. And one of the greatest hooks to that movie, I mean, the great the movie's great. It's it's a great ensemble cast movie. Fantastic. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out. The thing that I like the most about it, and you said movie based on a game. The thing that I liked the most about it was they gave you three endings. You know, like yeah. they were, you know, we're we're gonna we're all in here. We're playing fucking clue. Here's three <laughs> endings, you know, and I think I just thought it was great. And then of course, like I said. The line that always sticks out. I'm gonna go home and make love to my wife. I don't know why, but that's just one of the great lines in comedy movie history. Um, but yeah, definitely, I gotta give a vote to Clue. Yep. Um, do you want my uh, non-serious movie or my documentary next? Documentary. All right. It is a documentary about a band that everybody seems to say they hate now. And I understand it. But I think they forget that before they became pretentious, they were one of the greatest bands of all time. And it is uh, Rattle and Hum, the U2 music documentary. It's it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it it, it it is. It has great like music videos in it. They tell a good story. Like like they they. It's a good tour. Um, documentary. And I and I I also call bullshit on the people that say they don't like you too. It's the same. It's the same thing where I call bullshit on Nickelback. There's no way, there's no way 
that as many people that profess to hate this band hate this band and they sell as many albums as they do. Yeah. It's it's fashionable to say I don't like you too. But they're still listening because they make great music. Yeah, I don't I act I honestly don't like Nickelback. But um But can I, you I, can you can you agree with me that there's probably guys out there that think it's cool to say they don't like Nickelback? Oh, definitely. Nickelback. Definitely. Definitely. And there's people now That'll be like, I think we all just forget the fact that you two sucked in the 80s, the 90s. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, they put out great fucking music I for totally a very agree. long fucking time. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and they were, they're one of my favorite bands ever, but I will admit that probably about 2001. With Lemon? Lemon. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> started, I don't want to say, they started making, and, and it's no knock because that's where they're from, but they started making European music. Well, and, and I, I always get I always get shitty anyway with okay, and and band that I'm going to use as an example is like if I go into any if I were to post into our group right now on Facebook, unpopular music opinion that I know people are going to shit on me for, but I don't care. Because I don't care what people, uh, art's subjective. I never, I don't care. If somebody tells me this band sucks, I'll go, okay, I'll listen to them for myself. Because I might not like a band you like. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some guy's going to tell me R.E.M. sucks. I love R.E.M. But he's listened to fucking Five Finger Death Punch, and I'd rather put a bullet in my head to listen to them. But anyway, a big example for me is I would actually say that the two best albums that Metallica ever did was Load and Reload. Whereas there are these guys that'll be like, oh, they fucking sold out. No, they grew up. Like, yeah. it, 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 who's the most pathetic man in the world? Pathetic. Aerosmith. Why? Because they haven't changed their music style or their clothing style. Steven Tyler's still on stage at almost 80 wearing those fucking tights and shit. It's like, it's pathetic. At this point, you're a fucking, what's the word? A, a, a Parody of yourself? Nostalgia. Yeah, you're a parody of yourself. Whereas Metallica fucking grew up. They grew up as humans. Yeah. They grew up as a band. And, and, and you can mature with your audience, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, Saint, Ang- Saint Anger does stink. <laughs> I will say that I don't know how much metal. Not every is. band's gonna make a great band. No, or no, make a great album every time. But like, and then there's certain bands that don't have to change. You know what I mean? And, and you accept it. Like ACDC, mm-hmm. they they did the same. They did the same fucking album over and over yeah. and over again. But it was music that was never gonna not be cool. Well, and, and here's my thing. And 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 and. and and they were always just jeans, t-shirt. We're gonna rock this fucking shit. You know what I mean? And that's what I was gonna say. Like I know, like you, and that's what I'm saying. Music is so subjective. Like you think Green Day stinks, right? No, but I know you don't. Okay, but I would say Green Day is one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. And you'd be like, they're not even in my top fifty. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same, and then I don't hate on you for that because you know what? You listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to. Yeah. What I was going to say about ACDC ACDC 
is not in my favorite bands list. And I know you love the shit out of them. And that's cool because they're not a bad band. You know what ACDC is for me? ACDC for me is music that I want to hear. I don't I don't want to hear it when I'm driving down the road on the radio. Like if they come on the radio, I'm like, God damn, can I hear fucking shit me all night long one more fucking time? 98.9 The Bear. However, if I'm if I'm in my backyard drinking beer or at a bar drinking beer, that's when I went. You know what I mean? That's the, oh, ACDC. the ultimate bar band. Yes, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Like, you like that's what I'm saying. Like they they don't need to change because you could play that. You could play ACDC. By the way, my favorite ACDC song is Money Talks. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, um, you could play them in any environment, depending on the song, not some of the deeper cuts or whatever. Right. But you could play them in any fuck. Like you could play them in a at a wedding, and people would be like, "All right." Or you can play them in a fucking dive bar, and nobody's gonna want to kick your ass for picking it on the jukebox. <laughs> right? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're they're an everyman band. Mm-hmm. Aerosmith is not, and like country, um, what country wise? That's what Garth is. I hate him. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, and I'm just comparing it. I'm just comparing it. Like yeah. we're talking about a bar atmosphere. Friends in low places come on. You know what I mean? You're gonna yeah. get that that reaction from people like, yeah, blaming <laughs> all of my roots. I showed up in boots. Yeah, blaming all of my boots. I showed up in roots. <laughs> but anyway, but um, um, but yeah, rattle and hum. It, <laughs> we totally went away from that, but yeah, which fine. is fine. But it's it's a great documentary, and even if you don't like the band. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's a well done, well paced, well 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 told documentary. I think. I agree. Like I agree. I think I'm only I to be honest with you, I think I've only ever actually watched it twice. But I I agree. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. It's cool watching them. Um, the the coolest thing in the whole fucking movie is watching them. Um, rehearse with bb king because mm-hmm. it's these guys like they're the biggest at that time they were the biggest band in the fucking world hands down biggest band in the fucking world and bb king shows up and they're just like holy shit like <laughs> <laughs> like he is bb king like like he's telling them what they should be doing and they're like okay yeah yeah let's yeah. do that <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you're mm-hmm. fucking royalty <laughs> Like, like they're not giving him direct, like, like, like he, and, and he is cool with them. He's like, all right, young man, let's try this, you know, let's do that. And it's cool when they go into heart, like when it shows them recording Angel of Harlem with like that black gospel, like gospel choir and all that shit. And, and Larry Mullen's like, I got my own bongos. I finally have my own bongos. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a good fucking movie. And they they and like I said, over time Bono did become pretentious and kind of full of their own shit. And they all kind of came came full of their own shit or whatever, but at that time they weren't. And I think it's a good time capsule of when they were the fucking greatest band in the world. In my opinion. My next movie, or actually my last movie on the list, is um and Aaron can also attest to this. Where this is still in the musical genre. A different type, 
but I listened to the cassette tape of the soundtrack of this movie over and over and over again. Back in the day when I was a kid, I have watched this movie. It's probably possibly one of my top five or six most watched over and over and over again movies because I probably watch it 10 to 10 to 12 times a year. It is the 1986 motion picture version of Little Shop of Horrors. It is one. It it is one of my. It honest to God, it is one of my five favorite movies of all time. I know every word to every song. When I when I watch it, like I I did, I I, I used to listen to the soundtrack of this movie when I was a kid on cassette. It is so good, and I, oh God, sorry. Now I was just gonna say, I everybody in it is great. Rick Moranis. You've got Steve Martin. You've got Bill Murray with a cameo. You've got, I mean, even the people whose names I don't know. I don't remember the girl who plays Audrey. The movie is so good. And I have to say, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, there's people to like, I have friends there. Like, oh, I like musicals. And like, I got a buddy of mine. I was like, oh, I took my wife to go see Hamilton. And at first I was like, was that like, like, what'd you do? Like, why did you have to do that? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, like, did you have? like you know piss her off or something he's like no we we just both like hamilton we wanted to go see it i'm like oh my god how would you do that and he's like you don't like musicals like back in the day it was like if you liked musicals people thought you were like you know gay or whatever it's like that's not a thing and i'm not gonna hate on people who like musicals i told my right. friends like, oh, you like them you like them whatever like what you like you know but there's like five musicals that i'll list off to people that i like and that's one of them it's like I can tolerate Little Shop of Horrors. It's weird. I like weird shit. It's funny, and the songs aren't like annoyingly long or it's, it's or the song. The songs are catchy. They're almost Motown style songs. Yeah, it is, it is my favorite musical, and it is one of my favorite movies. But I will say this for all of the all of the shit that's in it, because I've I've actually gone to see the musical as well. A couple of times for all the stuff that's in it. And I love everything, the whole 96 minutes of it from beginning to end. Like I said, I know every word to every song. I can quote the movie. But my favorite song, my favorite musical performance in the movie is Steve Martin doing the dentist song. Because I'm a dentist. You'll be a dentist. And then at the end, he's like, now spit. And, and it, it also is because Steve Martin. Steve is, Martin. Well, he's one of my favorite comedic anythings. Um, he, he just is so. And that scene with him and Murray is, is one of the funniest. Yeah. I like what, what's he say when 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 Moranis is gonna shoot him? He's like, little fellow's got a pistol. Little <laughs> <laughs> got a he's all hyped up on the fucking yeah. laughing gear. <laughs> yeah. Little fellow's got a pistol or whatever he says. Yeah, it's fucking great. And um, yeah, it's in my it, it's one of the five musicals that I can stand to watch. It's like like Little Shop of Horrors, Wizard of Oz. Who doesn't like the Wizard of Oz? Right. Um. I don't um, even call Wizard of Oz a musical. Yeah, the, it's the, the, only reason, musical. the only reason I say that is because, like, like, look at the Marx Brothers movies. Back then, 
they incorporated that that music shit into everything, I guess. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I but I was told by like a person that like was like in musicals and like college and studied the shit and everything. She said it was time in musicals. So yeah, like, that's, right, fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I guess I've never regarded it as such. It's like Little Shop, uh, Wizard of Oz, um, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I like that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, South Park, Bigger, Blacker, Better. That's that's a musical. I fucking love that goddamn movie. And then the the last one just like left my head, so it doesn't matter. A Listen. movie, a movie that is a movie slash musical that I will and that I will recommend to you if you ever get a chance and you're bored. Check. I don't know what streaming service it's on because it's one of those movies I have on Blu-ray, so I just watch it. Uh, Sucker Punch. If you've never seen Sucker Punch, that's another good one. But I don't know what that is. But maybe I'll watch it. All right, and what is your last 80s? It's one of the most ridiculous fucking movies ever made. <laughs> and is it a Kentucky Fried Movie? To, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, I think, technically came out in the 70s. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. It was, it was probably late 70s. You're probably yeah, right. I wanted to put it on my list, but I was like, I'm not going to because I think it technically came out in the 70s. It's uh, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> Great flick. It is fucking ridiculous. And Maximum Overdrive is the ultimate, I guess you'd call it popcorn movie. Like it's the ultimate drive-in movie. Yeah. You know, it's stupid. You don't have you don't have to turn your fucking brain on at all. <laughs> you can miss 15 minutes of it and still, yeah. well, still, still know on. what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like I love when the fucking pot machine just starts pelting the fucking kids and shit within the little league and then who 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 who, who oh go ahead who, sorry who I was just gonna say who among us that's a eighties slash nineties kid whenever you see a pot machine doesn't think about that scene from Maximum Mower Drive like this thing could kill me. <laughs> And that fucking truck with the clown, like with the the clown face. face. Yeah, it's a great fucking movie. It, it's totally. the it, it, it. And when people are like, oh, I love Stephen King. What's your favorite Stephen King movie? Like, well, I don't like a lot of them, but I like that Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> and they're like, Stephen King doesn't even like that movie. They're like, well, fuck him, because it's a good fucking movie. <laughs> the rest of his shit's pretty ridiculous. I love that shit on Family Guy when he's like, "Hey, Steve, do you got another idea for your for your next movie?" Be like, ah, I'm a killer lamp. Ah. Oh shit! They're, they're like, you're just looking at things in the room now, aren't you? <laughs> so what are we doing next? Sorry, it's all right. The last thing we'll do here, and um. I'm piggybacking. I'm I'm kind of sort of stealing something here, and whatever, fuck it. It's we're just here to have fun, right? Do a podcast. Yeah. Um, the Cornet Podcast. I don't listen to the Experience anymore, um, but I do still listen to the Drive Through. Kind of. I do not listen to the show reviews. I don't care about them. 
Um, but I still listen to the drive-through for the questions and the historical stuff. Okay. Because I love to hear Cornette and Brian talk about the questions and the historical stuff. So, you know, if Brian and Jim put out a four-hour podcast, I'd probably listen to an hour and a half of it. But one of the, one of my favorite things they do on the show is the guess the program thing. Have you heard that? I have, yeah. Okay. So what I did is I kind of piggybacked off, I kind of kind of sort of stole from them. They do like guess the promotion, guess the city, blah blah blah. We're not going to go into that extent, yes, but I, 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 I want to play this here. And it's this is more for you and me. <clears throat> if Brian's going to present a card to Jim Cornette, he's going to present him something from 1958 in Dallas, Texas, or whatever. Because obviously, Jim Cornette is a legit wrestling historian, and I'm just a wrestling podcaster who's an 80s, 90s, and early 2000s wrestling fan. Cornette's a historian, we're fans. So what I wanted to do, just to have fun here, I have picked one, two, three, four, five. Five cards. Okay. We're not going to call it Guess the Program. We'll just call it Guess the Whatever. All I'm going to ask you to do, just for fun, is try to guess, because you're going to know the promotion when I read the card anyway, but try to guess the month, at least the month and year, of this house show. Okay. Sound fun? <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to guess the promotions the minute I start saying the names. You know what I mean? Like, it's not I like we're still going to say it. It's not like we're going back to territorial wrestling where it's like, oh, where was Derry, Dory Funk in 1963? You know what I mean? He didn't even know. This is more for you and I that are 80s, 90s wrestling guys. All right, first card. Justin Bradshaw pinned Barry Horowitz. The Smoking Guns defeated the Gangsters in Paradise. Mark Marrow pinned the Brooklyn Brawler. Jerry Lawler pinned Razor Ramon after using an illegal, illegal object. Mr. Perfect was the guest referee. WWF Tag Team Champions Skip and Zip defeated Henry and Phineas Godwin. Mankind defeated Jake Roberts. And the Ultimate Warrior pinned Vader. So we know it's a WWF card. What, what do you think the month and year of this card are? Month and year. The year is 1996. You got that one. And the month, I think, is March. Very close. WWF at Syracuse, New York at the War Memorial, May 11th, 1996. Okay. Gangsters in Paradise. <laughs> that was... Uh, um, Fatu and... Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. The funny, the the best match on the card to me that was like Jerry Lawler versus Razor Ramon. I don't know if that was ever even on TV. Like this is a house show, obviously, but I don't know if Razor and Jerry ever had a match on television against each other. Was it in Indiana? 
Uh, no, Syracuse, New York. You said that. Sorry. That's all right. I just thought Indy. I like. I forgot that you said Syracuse when I thought Jerry on a house show. I thought it might have been like Indiana in this area, you know. But mm-hmm. okay. All right. Let's go to the next one here. This is also the WWF. Rick McGraw defeated Terry Gibbs. Jesse Ventura defeated SD Jones. Rick Steamboat defeated Buddy Rose. Desiree Patterson defeated Penny Mitchell. Tony Atlas defeated Bob Orton Jr. via disqualification. Mr. Wrestling 2 defeated Moondog Spot. Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda defeated the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And the WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeated Dean Mar- Dean Mar- Don Morocco. What month and year do you think this is? If you want any, if you want me to quickly go back through the matches I can. Month and year. Is the year is the year 85? It is. And I want to say September. It is the WWF at the Capitol Center Center in Landover, Maryland, March 9th, ah, 1985. <laughs> I, I honestly almost said March, but I'm like, there's no way. That's why, actually, because I didn't want it to be a giveaway. That's why I didn't say that the Barry Windham, Mike Rotunda versus Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, that Windham and Rotunda were the tag team champions. Because, like, that's like, that'll give it away. He'll know it's before WrestleMania. Yeah. What cane? I didn't have no cane. I didn't have no cane. <laughs> I'm one. I'm one for. I'm two for two for the year. Yes, That's something. All right, so let's go to Jim Crockett Promotions. Bob Armstrong defeated Gary Royal. Arn Anderson defeated Ricky Lee Jones. Lex Luger defeated Eddie Roberts. Tully Blanchard defeated Tim Horner. Wahoo McDaniel and Jimmy Garvin beat Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry. Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff defeated Ivan Koloff and Vladimir Pietrov. Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez defeated Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. And Ric Flair defeated Barry Windham. Is the year 1987? It is. I'm good for the years. Yes. And I'm not giving tight. I'm not giving champions because I, I give it away, you know? I mean, the year's got to be impressive somewhat, right? Yeah. Um, um, the months are hard. April. Very close. February 21st, ah. 1987 in Philadelphia. Uh, Tully was the TV champion. 
Uh, Nikita was the U.S. champion. Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez were the tag champs. And Ric Flair, obviously, was the world champion on that card. The mustache world order. <laughs> m- m- mustache. M- m- mustache. <laughs> m- m- mustache. <laughs> All right. Two I actually, more. I actually like that tag team. I know you do. Fernandez, I like them. And it's it's and I do too. And it's actually like as a manager, it's it's the it's the only time I can tolerate Paul Jones as a manager. Yeah. But Rude and Manny together, it's like, God damn, that's a that's a mean ass, badass team. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's are both of them I'm a Rick Rude fan, but like Rude at that time is he the greatest in work in ring worker in the world now? And was he ever the greatest in work in ring worker in the world? No, but it's two guys that you look at them and you're like, these guys could these guys could beat your ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're kind of it's a different thing, but it's kind of like the APA. It's like, oh my god, these guys will fuck you up if they want to. <laughs> I mean, if you were if you were a jobber and you went to the show and you're like, oh, you're gonna fight Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez tonight, you'd be like, oh my goodness, oh my god, whatever you guys want to do. Like, <laughs> oh. oh shit, I lost. I clicked the wrong fucking. Okay, good. It brought it right back up. I was like, I clicked the wrong fucking button and it closed the window. <laughs> All right, let's see here. So do you want... How many more are we doing? One or two? Just two. Okay. Whichever ones you got. You're wise, I feel confident. Would you rather do a a WWE show or an ECW show first? ECW. All right. Opening contest, Danny Doring and Roadkill versus Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. Doug Furness versus Ulf, Ulf Herman. John Cronus and Spike Dudley versus Tracy Smothers and Little Guido. Al Snow versus Bobby Duncan Jr. Justin Credible versus Mikey Whipwreck. Chris Candido and Lance Storm versus Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty. The Sandman versus Devon Dudley. Rob Van Dam versus Two Cold Scorpio. And Bam Bam Bigelow versus Tommy Dreamer. 1998. You got the year. The month. Like the month is the thing that's ECW is hard too because they would bring people in and out, kind of, yeah. you know. Uh August. We are in Blackwood, New Jersey, March 20th, eight. <laughs> you are all in on the years here. So is this fun? Should we do this more often? Yeah. The month the, the, the month is fucking me over though. 
Next time, next time I'll make you do this to me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, we'll go with a WWE event. Opening match. Sean O'Hare defeats the Hurricane. Chris Nowinski defeats Maven. Batista defeats Rob Van Dam. I fuck this one all up. Booker T and Kane defeat Chris Jericho and Christian. Women's four-way match. Victoria beats Trish, Molly, and Jackie. The Dudley Boys defeat Dreamer and Richards, Storm and Raven, and more. Or, I'm sorry. The Dudley Boys defeat Dreamer, Richards, Storm, Raven, Morley with Rico. Test defeats D'Lo Brown. And Triple H defeats Scott Steiner. Was it 04? No. Oh, 03? Yes. <laughs> All right. 03. Uh, September. January 7th, 2003 in El Paso, Texas. All right. The Is one it? that gives the one that should have given it away. Honestly, and, and and the one that should have given it away to you that it wasn't 04, but it was 03, was that Kane is still a babyface. Because in the summer of 03 is when he loses his mask. Yeah. But I just, like I said, when you get into like WCW going out of business and shit, like I still remember everything, but it's mm -hmm. like. There, there's nothing that differentiates it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. What, what, where, where that happens with me is later than you, actually. Like, I start to lose my place in time at like 2011. Like, after, um, after the summer of punk is when I lose my timeline. Oh, I have no idea what happened after that. <laughs> but I like that game. That was fun. Like I said, we kind of, Piggybacked off Last and Cornette there, but when I listened to them do it, I was like, we could do a version of that. That'd be fun to do. I think it did pretty decent. Well, that being said, nobody else joined us. Bunch of fuckers. Um, Lazy fucking ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> ne'er-do-wells? Is that what you were looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> Any parting words for our listeners before we sign off? Uh, just thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the shows. Um, if you guys are listening, we do have our Facebook page, and please interact with us. Um, post what you want to. There are people that post on our Facebook pages and everything like that, but just we're not too pretentious to not interact back with you. You know, and just keep on listening support it share it and <clears throat> whatever app you listen on rate it because that's really the only way rate and comment is really the only way a podcast can get up the ranks so and obviously our our top show on the network is reliving the extreme um and i would i would 
be remiss if I did not tell you that Reliving the Extreme, because it's the first, obviously, since this is our most popular show, it's the first show I'm trying a Patreon with. If you go to patreon.com backslash Reliving the Extreme, um, $5 a month gets you in the door. You can actually listen to the immediately, or as soon as I can fucking upload it. After we record every single week, I put up the unedited chaos that is that show and the conversations that we have before and after we go off the air. Because Aaron will tell you, I might I might present you with Reliving the Extreme with a 55-minute podcast, but the show, like me, Aaron, and Chad talking is probably an hour and a half. So there's a lot of stuff that, that does not make the actual podcast that's actually super entertaining, really funny. Kind yeah. of offensive sometimes, and that's fine. But it's if you also, want to be entertained and have a good laugh, goddamn. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, in my opinion, and I've tried listening to wrestling podcasts before. Um, there's only, there's, how do I say it? There's only one wrestling podcast other than reliving the extreme that I and and this one obviously but major ones because I I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase it I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase it. Um can we put over other people's podcasts on here? Yeah. Um I think the best podcast, wrestling podcast, that's not us, is Shut Up and Wrestle with Brian Solomon. And you can absolutely put Brian over because he's been on this show. Yeah, because guess what? He's not. He's not pretentious. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's a clean cut show and, and he doesn't curse or do all kinds of crazy shit. But our show isn't pretentious. Reliving the extreme. We don't talk down to people. We don't talk down about the business or oh, this sucks, that sucks. It's just a fun show of three guys drinking beers and talking for 45 minutes about bullshit and then about 15 minutes about this wrestling show that happened. Yeah, yeah. and it's, another Aaron said not pretentious and putting over another podcast, another show that I'll put over. Is first of all, it's a guy that interacts in our group. Secondly, it's one of my, he is one of my, and I don't even, I didn't even realize it when I was a kid, but he's one of the most influential guys from my childhood. <clears throat> Excuse me, because he was the editor of Pro Wrestling Illustrated when I was a kid. Listen to the outdated wrestling hour with Bob Smith. His show's really good. Never heard of that. I'll check it out. Um, um, Bob Smith, who was the editor of PWI, um, and he actually participates in our group. You know, it's it's so cool for me, and I am going to have him at some point, maybe for episode 200, me and him have a conversation. But that's that's it's cool to me that a guy who literally the guy that wrote the this Bob Smith is the guy that made the first PWI 500, which is. You know, and for you and me, it's in our blood. Yeah. And you, he comments on our shit. He puts he he talks, he he actually participates in our group. 
And to me, I'm like, shit. <laughs> like to me, that's heavy. You know what I mean? Like this guy that was that was giving me this information when I was a kid and and yeah, he informed us Billy Gunn ate a meatball sub. <laughs> I don't think he was actually there by that point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying though. It's very yeah. cool. I'm just have... saying that's one of my favorite moments in our entire the entire run of any podcast we've ever done. That's my favorite fucking moment. Ate a beatball beat beat sub at WrestleMania. <laughs> so that being said, we're gonna sign off and yeah, um, I gotta use the rest. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And next week we'll do that November to Remember 1998 review that we were supposed to do this week, but I think we pulled a pretty good show out of our asses. So yep. For that being said, we'll see everybody next week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Have a great week, everybody.